Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. That's right, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode. This is Peddling Fiction, and I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. Thank you all so very much for tuning in once again. For those of you new listeners out there not familiar with the show, you're in luck because you have found one of the best libertarian podcasts, if not the best libertarian podcast on the face of the earth, if I do say so myself. We generally talk about politics and current events, a little bit of economics, always with an eye toward liberty. I am flying solo today. Johnny the Jew is MIA. So you are stuck with Johnny the Gentile once again to discuss, I don't know if anybody heard, the big news, the biggest story, the one that's going to bring down Teflon Don. Yes, of course, I am talking about impeachment. Official impeachment proceedings have begun since we last talked. And one of the reasons why I always suggest to you listeners that you go back, if you haven't listened to all of my episodes, I do not do news in a vacuum here. So it is imperative that you go back and listen to all the episodes that you've missed. And a couple of episodes back, I did another show on media malpractice. And towards the end of that episode, I briefly discussed this whole Trump-Biden-Ukraine story, mainly focusing on the insanity of the media to focus on an anonymous source with no firsthand knowledge of a phone call between Trump and the president of Ukraine, and they were alleging that something untort took place on that, that call. You know, this involved Trump asking them to reopen an investigation into Biden's son's business dealings over there. While, of course, they were completely ignoring the part about Biden explicitly bragging about withholding foreign aid until they fired the prosecutor that was investigating his son. And it, w- it really was unbelievable because on the one hand, there, there was a definitive story with video evidence of an abuse of power, a story that actually had some teeth. And on the other hand, you had more hearsay, right? Just that's all it was, was speculation and hearsay, rumors. That's literally all there was to it. Some guy or girl, we don't know, they heard through the grapevine that Trump did something bad on a phone call. That was, when I discussed that, none of this impeachment insanity had taken place. But not, none of the official... Um, impeachment proceedings had begun. There was no discussion of impeachment as far as I was aware of. 
Well, to be fair, they've, the Democrats have actually been calling for Trump's impeachment since about 10 seconds after the shock of him beating Hillary Clinton wore off. <laughs> but anyway, a, a day or two later after that episode, when they formally began impeachment proceedings, you may have been thinking to yourself, what am I missing? What, what am I missing here? There has to be something I don't know because no sane person, no serious human being would actually call for impeachment based on the above story. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really leaving anything out here. The, the story was, the official story that the Democrats seemed to think there was enough to call for, uh, officially call for an impeachment, was that Donald Trump made a call, made a phone call to the president of the Ukraine, and he said something inappropriate on that call. What he said, we don't know. The whistleblower who went to the FBI with his concerns, or her concerns, because we don't know who they are, uh, the whistleblower wasn't on the call, wasn't listening, hadn't heard any of the recordings of the call or read any transcripts of it or anything like that. We don't know who the whistleblower is, and the transcripts or recordings of the call were never provided to Congress by anybody else. Okay, So that is, by their own admission, when they, when they began, when Nancy Pelosi announced that she's calling for impeachment, um, the, the Speaker of the House, what, by her own admission, whilst calling for impeachment, they readily admit that they literally know nothing, that they're going off of more rumors and hearsay, but that this is enough for impeachment. And I've got to say, of all the things that Donald Trump has done, of all the things that the Democrats and the deep state have investigated him on, the fact that this is the story that this story is what will bring about his impeachment, I find incredibly shocking. Absolutely shocking. I mean, think about it. He's been investigated by the FBI, by a special counsel. They've tried to get him on election interference and Russian collusion and treason. And there are all these other investigations going on in various states. All of these investigations that went on for years, years, turned up nothing. And this is what they decide to roll with. An anonymous whistleblower saying he heard that Trump apparently said something bad on a phone call. I mean, they never cease to amaze me. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. For as low a regard as I hold these politicians, they can still shock me with the levels that they will stoop. I mean... I guess I shouldn't be surprised at this point that they would do this, that they, they launched all these other you know, aforementioned investigations with about just as much evidence, right? Practically nothing. The FBI investigated him based on nothing. The special counsel investigated him based on nothing. And they kept that charade going for two years. Two years before they finally had to admit that there was nothing there that it was the biggest nothing burger the world had ever seen. So, I don't know, maybe they, maybe they don't know anything more than we do. Maybe this is just what they have. These are all sort of the thoughts that are rattling around in my head as this is going on, right? And then the next day, the day after they, um, you know, everybody flips out about this impeachment thing, 
Trump releases what's being referred to as a transcript of the call, just like he promised that he would. He said he was going to release the transcript, so he releases it. Now, it's not really a transcript, even though it kind of reads like one. They basically have a couple of people who were listening to the call and taking notes or whatever, and and they transcribe what he said to their best recollection or something like that. It's kind of like a memo that they compile to capture the gist of the phone call, right? So theoretically, could they have left out important pieces of information or damning evidence that that Donald Trump explicitly said something that he wasn't supposed to, that may or may not be illegal. Sure, absolutely. But if you read the transcript, basically what's going on is Trump and the president of Ukraine discuss various topics, uh, various number of things, and they are telling each other things that they want to have happen or they want to get done. And one of the things that Trump brings up that he wants the Ukraine to do is reopen an investigation into Hunter Biden and this energy company that this uh, Ukrainian prosecutor was spearheading before Joe Biden used the threat of withholding U.S. funds to get him fired. And it's pretty hilarious to watch the media try and cover this story while at the same time ignoring the core issue, the impetus for the outrageous portion of the Trump phone call, which is the fact that Joe Biden is overtly involved in political corruption. The story that the media wants to ignore, that you may or may not have heard, uh, if you listen to this show, you've heard it, but if not, you know maybe I need to go over it really quickly. The story is that when Joe Biden was vice president to Barack Obama, he was basically made the go-between, you know, the man that Ukraine would have to deal with for any matters involving the Ukraine and the U.S the U.S., right? And Joe Biden's son, Hunter, who had no business getting involved in the energy sector in the U.S., let alone the energy sector in the Ukraine. You know, he has no applicable degree. He has no experience. He doesn't even speak the language, okay? And all of a sudden, he's hired by this Ukrainian energy company and paid like $600,000 a year. So, I mean, that seems pretty suspect right there, that that may just be a way of getting some money to old uh, sleepy Joe Biden there. But anyway, that's no big deal, right? So then once that company gets investigated, there, there's a prosecutor assigned to investigate that company. Joe Biden is on tape bragging that he used the threat of withholding a billion dollars in U.S. money to get that prosecutor fired from that investigation. So that happens. He gets him fired. The investigation dies on the vine. It never goes forward. You know, mission accomplished as far as Joe Biden's concerned. And he's on tape bragging about this. Our media, of course, has no interest in that angle or that part of the story whatsoever. But when Trump is on this phone call and he expressed interest in reopening that investigation and he asks the Ukrainian president to do so, that's what gets their panties all in a bunch. So all of this hysteria is going on. Trump releases the transcripts of the call and it turns out that Eh, Democrats might have overblown what 
what was or was not said on that phone call. There was no explicit quid pro quo at all, okay? And once again, like they did with the Mueller report, the Democrats try and take that loss in stride, pretend that it says something that it doesn't. They act like it was far worse than it really was, act like all of their premature proclamations were validated with this transcript. They all took to social media and the mainstream media to to profess how outrageous this was, how the transcript was worse than they thought it was, and this is why we need to impeach him. When at best, you have this flimsy, implied quid pro quo because of the fact that we give foreign aid you know, to all these countries, and Ukraine's one of them. It, it's implied that if you don't do if you don't do what Trump asks, he'll take the foreign aid away. So they had this hearing, and all these congressmen and women were were talking about how how serious this was and how we need to impeach Trump. And it's just like once again, the level of outrage does not match the the infraction here. Okay, even if Trump did everything that they say that he did. Um, which I, I mean, you can't get that from this call, at least not what was provided to us. And if these transcripts are so damning, why are guys like Adam Schiff, this Democrat from California, why is he literally making up what the transcripts actually said during this hearing? I mean, this guy is a real piece of work. He just completely made up a story that, that he wanted the, the transcripts to say. And this story that he just made up is what he's using to try to convince everybody that Trump should be impeached for this. Go ahead and listen for yourself. Well, it reads like a classic organized crime shakedown. Shorn of its rambling character and in not so many words, this is the essence of what the president communicates. We've been very good to your country. Very good. No other country has done as much as we have. But you know what? I don't see much reciprocity here. I hear what you want. I have a favor I want from you, though. And I'm going to say this only seven times, so you better listen good. I want you to make up dirt on my political opponent, understand lots of it. On this and on that, I'm going to put you in touch with people, not just any people. I'm going to put you in touch with Attorney General of the United States, my Attorney General, Bill Barr. He's got the whole weight of the American law enforcement behind him. And I'm going to put you in touch with Rudy. You're going to love him. Trust me. You know what I'm asking. And so I'm only going to say this a few more times in a few more ways. And by the way, don't call me again. I'll call you when you've done what I asked. Okay. So for those of you out there that have not read the transcript of of the Trump phone call, none of that that you just heard was actually in there. He made up every single word of that, okay? I mean, none of that was said on the call, at least not according to the evidence that we've been provided. This is his own little fantasy world that he's in, what he wishes those transcripts actually said, what he was going to tell you that they said all along, no matter what actually transpired. He, he basically took an account of what happened on the call between Trump and Ukraine and then made up his own account of that account. And of course, his account of what took place on the call is so much worse than what was actually said, how it actually reads. So I've got to ask, 
You know, if what was said on the call was so bad, if it was so damning to Donald Trump and it was this impeachable offense, why can't you just read from the transcript directly? Why do you have to completely fabricate an entirely different phone call, one that never actually took place, to justify your impeachment proceedings? And the answer, I would venture to guess, is because even they were slightly disappointed in what those transcripts revealed. Whether you believe that they withheld stuff or not, I think they were hoping for something a little bigger than this, and they have to make it seem like it's a much bigger deal than it actually is. The fact of the matter is that an impeachable offense is essentially whatever Congress decides it it to be. They define it in the Constitution as high crimes and misdemeanors or whatever. Well, what the hell does that mean, right? For all intents and purposes, it means Congress can pick and choose what they want to be qualifying for impeachment. They can make it to be whatever they want. Then they just have to convince the rest of the politicians and the American people that whatever they're claiming is an impeachable offense is actually worthy of impeachment. And that's what he's trying to do here. Obviously. Obviously. But here's the problem. When you have been claiming that everything the president has done or is doing is an impeachable offense, when every minor thing he does that you don't like is grounds for impeachment, when you've been calling for his impeachment since the day he was sworn in as president, when you've made it no secret that you want him out of office by any means necessary, when you actually get around to the real impeachment proceedings, it better be something major. Like, undeniably major. Because with each call for impeachment, the apathy of the American people grows stronger. How are we supposed to take this seriously if you've been wanting to impeach him basically just for existing, just for breathing, just because he beat Hillary Clinton in an election? You know, it starts to, rightfully so, look like a witch hunt, okay? Which is exactly what this is. The Democrats overplayed their hand. You guys got all hysterical and flipped out at the drop of a dime over and over again for the last three years. You've run with your bullshit story after bullshit story, accused him of everything under the sun from collusion and treason to violating the emoluments clause and rigging an election. And it all turned out to be manufactured. It was all nonsense. And now this is what you run with? An implied quid pro quo and a plot to take down his political opponent while you're completely ignoring the fact that the Democratic frontrunner is on tape doing exactly what you're accusing the president of doing, except that he's on video explicitly saying, bragging about the fact that he's used billions of dollars of government guarantees to strong-arm the Ukraine into firing the prosecutor that was investigating his son's shady business dealings And all you have on Trump is that there's an implied quid pro quo that he would withhold up to $400 or whatever it is in foreign aid unless they reopen that investigation into actual political corruption. I mean, at best, Joe Biden is as guilty and has done things that are as bad of what you're accusing Trump of doing. Like, best case scenario for the Democrats, you have Trump saying... Or implying, you know, hey, we give you guys all this money. I'd like you to reopen this investigation into possible political corruption that I think took place. 
And then on, and then you have, on the other hand, what I would argue is actually worse, which is Joe Biden using that same money to kill an investigation into his own political corruption. I mean, it seems to me that one of those is just on its face worse than the other. You know, like, okay, on, on the one hand, you've got a guy asking you to restart an investigation you were already doing. And on the other hand, you have a guy asking you to stop an investigation because it involves his son and some possible wrongdoing on his part. I mean, how is that not worse than what Trump did? And if you're going to say that because we give them foreign aid, there is an implied threat of taking it away every time we ask them for a favor, okay, well, that would literally apply to every country in the world that we give foreign aid to, wouldn't it? That implied threat would always be there. It would have to be there. So anytime a country that receives aid is asked by our president for a favor, the idea that if they don't do us that favor— the U.S. will withhold the, the foreign aid that we've been giving them, that's always going to be in the back of their mind, wouldn't it? Of course. Of course it would. Why do you think the foreign aid is there to begin with? You think we give Ukraine $400 million every year out of the kindness of our hearts? Of course not. The money is there precisely so that we can take it away if they don't do what we want them to do. So you're setting... Quite an impossible standard for impeachment here if this is going to be the criteria. Basically, you can't talk to any country that, get, that the U.S. gives foreign aid to or you're risking implying the threat of taking it away. You're risking an implied quid pro quo and therefore you can be impeached. And I couldn't believe the media coverage of this and the politicians. Like we listened to Schiff say earlier that they're going on TV comparing the Trump presidency, our current government, to the mafia. My jaw practically hit the floor when I heard them make these comparisons. Like, thank you. Finally. Finally. I've been saying this all along, that the government is the mafia. They're the federal mafia. That they're the mafia masquerading as a human rights organization, as uh, Dave Smith so eloquently put it. But this is what Trump does. He gets these people to reveal themselves. You see, they seem to think that Trump is uniquely evil, that he's something out of the ordinary, completely different than any other president, and therefore what he's doing is so bad that he's tantamount to a mob boss. When in reality, he's not doing anything any other president has done or will do. He has governed no differently. So if he's the mafia... What are all the administrations before him and all the administrations to follow? You see, they're so blinded by their hatred that they can't even see it. They can't see that Trump isn't unique, okay? That he's exactly the same as the presidents that came before him. The fact of the matter is, and I think I've talked about this on the show before, but there are plenty of things, plenty of things for Donald Trump to be impeached for. He should be impeached for our part in the genocide that's going on in Yemen right now, for selling hundreds of billions of dollars in arms to the Saudis, for bombing third world countries, uh, for the 30 pine nut farmers that were accidentally blown up last week in one of our drone attacks, for bankrupting the country, for stealing from your children and your children's children. Now, if you want to impeach him for any of that, 
I'm all ears. I'm with you 100%. But here's the thing. If you do that, then all the previous presidents in my lifetime should have been impeached and probably tried for war crimes along with them. President Obama started illegal wars without congressional authority to, quote, placate the Saudis. He drone-bombed American citizens. He signed the NDAA that says the government can essentially indefinitely detain American citizens without trial. He ramped up and lied about the drone program. He ran guns to Mexico. He doubled the national debt. You know, George W. Bush did pretty much the exact same thing. He started illegal, immoral wars. He, drone, the, he started the drone bombing program. He instituted torture. Bill Clinton, George H.W. Bush slaughtered thousands of innocent people. Even Ronald Reagan, the messiah on the right, should have been impeached for Iran-Contra, at, at least. I mean, the last few presidents alone slaughtered or were responsible for slaughtering millions of people. They've destroyed entire countries. They've tortured some folks, as Obama so eloquently put it. They illegally spied on all of us. They've been illegally collecting our data and text messages and storing our phone calls in direct violation of the Fourth Amendment. They rule by executive order. They sidestep congressional authority constantly. They've bankrupted the country. We now owe almost $23 trillion in debt. But the real outrage, of course, the real outrage is the phone call that Donald Trump made where he asked Ukraine to resume an investigation into political corruption that we all know took place. This is insanity. Is that an impeachable offense? I I guess. I don't know. I I suppose you could make the argument. It seems awfully flimsy to me. I mean, obviously, Trump wants to see Joe Biden Um, under investigation going into an election season, of course. But just the idea that none of what I just went over registers the slightest bit of outrage from the rank and file. Like this so-called whistleblower, who every day I become more and more convinced is just a deep state plant. He's so concerned over a pretty benign phone call that he felt it was his patriotic duty to report it. Really? Really? What about, you know, when we were torturing people and holding them indefinitely without trial? What about the uh, NSA bulk data collection, the drone bombing of innocent civilians and American civilians without due process? What about, you know, what we did to Libya? Uh, We completely destroyed that country. Hell, the whole Middle East. We've destroyed the entire Middle East. There's an open slave trade going on right now. Slavery is back. Alive and well, thanks to our foreign policy. None of that seemed to register any concern among whistleblowers. Okay, okay. Forgive me if I don't get all riled up on this one. It's just so obvious that this is a desperate, last-ditch effort by Democrats to try and bring down Donald Trump, which is what they've been trying to do all along. I mean, they've got a phone call that I would venture to guess sounds like 95% of all presidential communications with foreign countries. That's what they're rolling with. They've ignored far worse, as I've just mentioned. But even, do you remember when Obama was caught on the hot mic after one of those joint press conferences telling the Russian president that he would be much more flexible to negotiate with them after the 2012 election? I mean, what do you think he meant by that? 
but for some strange reason, none of these Democrats were outraged or up in arms about Russia collusion back then. Imagine that. Imagine that. So what are they trying to accomplish here? I mean, let's walk through this, shall we? Because I think there's a big misconception among the American people about what impeachment really is, what it means. It does not mean that Trump will be removed from office. What, what's going to happen, the House of Representatives will have a vote, and Pelosi wouldn't have started all of this if she didn't already know she has the votes for this to pass. So that's pretty much a given, that they will vote to impeach. Then from there, it goes over to the Senate. So the House impeaches him, it goes over to the Senate, and they essentially hold a trial as to whether or not he's guilty of the impeachment charges that the, the House has voted on. And they will conduct a vote in the Senate where they will need a supermajority to vote and have him removed from office. Okay, that's like 20 Republicans breaking rank, committing political suicide to remove Trump from office. That's not going to happen, okay? The chances of that are basically zero. So I can only speculate as to why they're going through all of this, this whole charade, the whole dog and pony show. The idea that it's because the president violated his oath of office and is violating the Constitution is laughable. Just absolutely laughable from anyone in the government to claim outrage over constitutional violations, let alone a Democrat. Are, are, are you kidding me? Democrats shit on the Constitution all day long. It's all they do. None of them like what the Constitution says. That's why if you go back and listen to my last episode, it's why they're always trying to tell you that it's this living, breathing document that needs to be interpreted. Yeah, they need to interpret meaning into it that's never there because they don't like what it actually says. But just about everything our government does right now, like 99% of what they are doing is unconstitutional. And I'm not exaggerating here. Think of something the government does, and unless it's related to national defense, and I mean actual defense, not offense, which is practically everything our military is doing right now, okay? Unless it's related to defense, it's probably unconstitutional, okay? Obamacare, unconstitutional. There is no authority given to the federal government to get involved in health care. Okay, Uh, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, all unconstitutional. Education, the Department of Education, unconstitutional. Energy, agriculture, the EPA, entire departments, entire departments of the government are all unconstitutional. The income tax is unconstitutional, some might argue. I absolutely am one of those people. All of this government spending is unconstitutional. Government guaranteed loans, government going into the student loan business is unconstitutional, investing in companies like Solyndra, bailing out auto companies, bailing out the banks. All of it is so fucking unconstitutional. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. Oh, and yeah, by the way, foreign aid is unconstitutional. (laughs) They have no authority to take money from the American people and give it to other countries to curry favor. Uh, what, what section of the Constitution will I find that clause in, huh? Huh? Yeah, none of them. 
None of them. Nothing the government is currently doing is constitutional. They are all in violation of it, and they are all violating their sworn oath to uphold the Constitution, and that's why they should all be impeached, every single last one of these politicians. So you'll have to forgive me if I'm not buying your story that you're impeaching Trump, that we must impeach him because he's violating the Constitution. Give me a break, okay? Believe me, I would love it. I would love it if that was the standard. If we could set the standard for impeachment, anyone who violates the Constitution as it was written and intended is is up for impeachment, and that it's not this living, breathing document that's open to interpretation. That's another thing. How can he be violating the Constitution if it's open to interpretation? Huh? I mean, maybe what you think it means in the Constitution isn't what... Trump interprets it to mean, right? (laughs) I mean, it needs to change with the times, doesn't it? Isn't that what we're told? Isn't that what they tell us every time they want to violate the Constitution some more? Oh, well, this is an old document. It just needs to change with the times. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Okay. You know what's amazing to me? You know what else is amazing? Is that these are the same people who claim to hold democracy in such high regard. I mean, according to them, Democracy is the pinnacle of government. It's the best, most sacred thing we have. And here you have a democratically elected president, and they will stop at nothing to have him removed from office against the will of the people, against the 60 million people or so that voted for him. I mean, if you believe in democracy and you hold it so near and dear to your heart, Why wouldn't you go through the democratic process and vote them out of office the way your system is designed? Hmm? You guys all claim to love democracy. I I personally don't give a shit about it. I've detailed all of my problems with democracy in my episode on Hong Kong. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend you go back and do so. But I couldn't care less about democracy. But you guys all claim to. So... Why not let it work? What was all that stuff about democracy and how it was such an outrage that the Russians interfered in our elections? You know, they undermined our democracy, all that crap. Well, what the hell do you call this? What are you doing right now with this impeachment proceeding? Are you not undermining democracy? You've got, what, a year left? You can't just wait a year? Why not just bear down? and deal with it for one more year, let your beloved democracy work, and beat Trump at the ballot box legitimately. Oh, yeah, because you don't actually believe in democracy. You don't actually believe in that, just like you don't actually believe in the Constitution. Nobody really believes in democracy. And I know I've made this point before, but nobody cares about democracy unless it's giving them what they want. If you're in the majority, you love democracy because you're getting what you want. If I go to dinner with three other friends and me and two of my buddies take a vote and decide that our one lone friend has to pick up the check, that's democracy. And I'm sure everyone not paying the check would be in favor of it. Of course, until they find themselves stuck with the bill. Then all of a sudden, not such a sacred, uh, holy sacrament of government now, is it? Anyway... I don't know why they decided to run with this unless it's to try and distract and deflect from what's really going on. Or maybe they're just terrified of Trump and they realize that he could very well beat them again for a second time. 
and they just have to get him out of there? I, I, I don't know. I know for a fact that it has nothing to do with Trump violating his oath of office and the Constitution. I know that's a bunch of baloney, okay? They couldn't care any less about that. Otherwise, like I said, every president in my lifetime and a bunch of the presidents before then, they would have all been impeached, and rightfully so. And every future president, for that matter. So it's definitely not that. It's not that. I don't know why they didn't wait for more evidence to come out to make sure that they had a real rock-solid case against Trump so that it it doesn't look like this is just pretty much a witch hunt where it's like, well, all of our other investigations turned up nothing and we're just running out of time before his re-election and all of our candidates are a joke and we're just going to keep throwing shit at the wall and see if any of it sticks because that's what it really looks like to the casual observer who's not suffering from Trump derangement syndrome. And I'm not naive or anything. I know that there's a certain segment of the population that will support impeaching Donald Trump for literally anything. If they don't like the tie he's wearing, it's an impeachable offense, of course. I mean, it doesn't matter to them what he actually did. They just want to get him out of there. They can't stand him. Fine. I feel that way. But realize that there is a whole other segment of the population, you know, the 60 million or so people that voted for Trump. And again, I'm not one of them. I'm just pointing this out to to you guys that uh, there is a huge segment of the population that loves Trump, that recognize him as a duly elected president who has been the victim of repeated coup attempts by the deep state, that he has been constantly and unfairly under attack by the rest of the government, by the mainstream media, his entire presidency, they've been trying to get him out of office. And I got to tell you, you know, they're, they're really not that far off here. They're not that wrong about that. Oh, and by the way, these same people tend to be the ones who are heavily armed. And what Donald Trump has done, what you're impeaching him for, is not going to seem very unreasonable to them. That we're giving all this money to these other countries I mean, why shouldn't we get some of it in return? Why wouldn't we ask for favors? What's the point of giving them the money if we're not going to get something back? I mean, this is not going to seem that outrageous to the rest of America. And impeachment is no small matter. How do you think this is going to go over with them? That you unfairly removed their guy from office? I mean, there is already an incredible amount of division throughout the country. It's also amazing to me that the Democrats can accuse Trump of sowing division and spreading hate with a straight face, while that is basically what they they do all day long, every day on a massive scale. You think impeaching Trump is going to bring the country together? You can't just wait one more year to vote him out? Is he really that big of a threat? That big of a threat to society? Is he really a bigger threat than millions of people armed, angry, and marginalized? It's something to think about. Oh, these are some interesting times, to say the least, huh? It's crazy to think about this, that we've gone from Trump being literally Hitler, you know, he's a Russian puppet, a puppet of Putin, guilty of treason, punishable by death, to this phone call that was so bad Adam Schiff had to make up his own version to entice you to impeach. 
with each passing day, the desperation grows stronger <laughs> and and the accusations just get weaker and weaker, but somehow deserve stronger and stronger consequences. I mean, pretty soon after this impeachment fails and if Trump gets reelected, God only knows what's going to be punishable by death by the Democrats' standards now. Trump blows his nose the wrong way. They're going to want to hang him. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. Anyway, I'm going to wrap there. I think that just about concludes all of my thoughts on impeachment. You should impeach Trump for war crimes and bankrupting the country, not this Ukrainian phone call nonsense. And while you're at it, you can round up Bush, Clinton, Obama, and throw them in a cage for the death and destruction that they've caused. Hold all of our future presidents and congressmen and congresswomen to the standards set forth in the actual Constitution. And if you're not willing to do that, to adhere to and uphold that standard of impeachment, just shut up about it already. Shut up and stop pretending you care about an oath of office or the Constitution. It's embarrassing at this point, okay? If you're, if you're not willing to have real principles, I don't want to hear it. But if you liked what you heard here today, go ahead and give me a rating and review on iTunes. Five stars if you think the show is worth it. If not, you can keep your stupid opinions to yourself. But do go on and share the show. Follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. And if you want to go above and beyond the average listener, if you really want to make an impactful difference in the world, you can donate to our show monetarily by going to our website, peddlingfictionpodcast.com. And if you can do all that, I promise that I will keep coming back. Until then, just remember to keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Fiction.